This is episode 12 of the Weekly General Meeting Podcast. I'm Shane Langan. You'll be hearing from Neil Conlon in a moment. Every week we present a selection of emerging and established creative talent that we think deserve your attention. On this week's show we have music from Hosier, comedy from Gerlith Regan and Tom Walsh, as well as a story from author Dave Rudden. Commercial support for this week's show comes from the Dungarvan Brewing Company. The Dungarvan Brewing Company produces a wide range of delicious craft beers including stout, ale, pale ale and bitter, all traditionally brewed and bottled in County Waterford. The brewers are obsessed by purity. Their beers aren't filtered or pasteurised and are naturally carbonated, so there is minimum interference between raw ingredient and finished product. Dungarvan beers can be found in quality bars, restaurants and off-licences up and down the country. For more details, visit dungarvanbrewingcompany.com. Tom Walsh is a Kilkenny-born comedian, filmmaker and musician. If you search Thomas Jams on YouTube, you'll find his videos and they're well worth checking out. He joined us back in February of this year and was keen to tell us just how much he loved his family. Hi, and good afternoon. On this, the eve of St. Valentine's weekend, um, I'm delighted to have the opportunity to pass and indeed uh, send on my um, love greetings to my lovely family. Um, and I do so courtesy of the Big Blue Cloud, uh, located on the second floor, Clare Hall Shopping Centre. I'm delighted to have the opportunity to um, publicly state how much I love my wife, Anita, um, and my four fantastic children. I speak, of course, of... Speak, of course, of Jack, (laughs) of Harry, of Tim, and of my beautiful little princess, the lovely Alice, the love of my life. She's just a beautiful little girl. Um, So to all you guys, can I say how much I love you? Um, I thank you for all you do for me and mum. And continue to help out, continue to lend a hand in whatever way you can. Um, because remember, guys, um, life is all about giving. And the more you give, the more you'll get. Um, and that applies to everything you do, whether it's at, in school or at home, uh, with your grannies or with your parents, um, uh, whatever the case may be. But again, um, I'd just like to say how much I love you all. Um, and I... I am so proud of you all. Um, I want to wish uh, the lads the best of luck with their cricket this year. And um, Alice, um, you're just a beautiful little girl. And uh, to Anita, um, you're the most wonderful wife that anyone could ask for. So uh, from Dad, um, I love you all. Happy Valentine's Day. Thank you. Um, I was going to do that. 
see, uh, there was a bit of a mix-up in the... Um, there was a bit of a mix-up in the... Uh, I thought this was going to be on last week. It would have made a bit more sense, but... Uh, but uh, it's fine. I mean, uh, hopefully they will listen to the podcast. Uh, we haven't got internet yet in the house, but... Uh, <laughs> we're hoping to make some improvements. Uh, going to make some more space. Hopefully get the internet in there. And... Um, uh, we might have to rejig, rejig the rooms, uh, put some of the boys in together. Uh, I don't know why they've been li- <laughs> living up in the lack- lap of luxury for the last couple of years. Um, probably put them in the attic or maybe the basement. Uh, but not Alice. Uh, she's going to have her own room. Um, my beautiful little princess. Um, so she's here tonight. It's just... No. Okay. Um, well, hopefully they will hear that sometime if we get internet. Um, but anyway, we'll just move on from that. Um, so I'll just do jokes. Um, <laughs> it's, it's kind of quite an emotional speech. And it's just, let's just ah, forget about all that. <laughs> so, um, and I just want to say, uh, I thought it was interesting how. Uh, Charlotte uh, um, Regan was saying, you know, like, I'm a nice guy comedian. I'm not a nice guy comedian. <laughs> okay? It's going to be, you know, you'll, you'll see, you'll see. I don't do the nice guy stuff. Okay, everyone's talking about space. You hear this shit? Everyone's going into a room. Oh, lovely space. Oh, this is such a great space. Oh, my God. Check out the space. No! The only time you should use the word space is if you go up to space with uh, uh, Richard Branson. <laughs> Take a photograph, email it to me, or text me by space. That's fair enough. Thank you very much. Okay, what are we doing? Okay, four minutes. We've got ten seconds. Um, everyone's talk. Uh, f- uh, who likes films? Who cares? It doesn't matter. Um, who? Uh, Iron... Man, who likes Iron Man? <laughs> who likes it? Yeah, okay, well, what did you think of... No, what did you think of Iron Man? <laughs> did you, you like... Oh, um, not supposed to set it up that way. Uh, who likes Iron Man? What's, what's so great about Iron Man? I think it was pretty unoriginal, uh, the way it was just like a rich guy just going off flying around saving the world. I think they should have called it Iron Batman. Yeah? Yeah? Who else is there? Yeah? So I think we've gone up to uh, over one minute. Um, uh, 95 Marion Square. Um, you're all very welcome. Fire exits are... Did you do this before? Um, it died through those doors, windows. Are they doors or windows? Uh, or just go, just hang out, hang out back here. Like them. <laughs> Uh, so that's it. Um, should do a closer. Um, this is uh, a quick impression. I know they said not to do something visual because it's a podcast. Well, excuse me! You snooze, you lose. <laughs> um, Clint Eastwood.
It's a podcast, come on. <laughs> Have a nice day, punk. That was Tom Walsh there testing the capabilities of audio podcasting to their absolute limits. Hosier's eponymously titled debut album is coming out in September of this year. Ahead of that, he's recently been popping up all over the place on major US TV shows such as Letterman and Ellen. And obviously, just as notably, he appeared on the first episode of our podcast. Rather cleverly, we asked him to play two songs at the time. So ergo, we get to have him on all over again. This is a song that is going to feature on that upcoming album. It's called Cherry Wine. This is Hosier. Thank you. of some other thrown at me so powerfully just like she throws with the arm of her brother but I want it it's a crime that she's not around most of the time the way she tells me I'm hers and she is mine Open hand or closed fist would be fine The blood is red and sweet as cherry wine Sleep to the freezing Sweet and right and merciful I'm all but washed 
in the tide of her breathing and it's worth it it's divine and i have this some of the time the way she shows me i'm hers and she is mine open hand or closed fist would be fine the blood is rare and sweet as cherry wine Thanks again. Hosier there with Cherry Wine. We hope you're enjoying the show and also hope that you don't mind us breaking for a moment with a word about one of our sponsors. Independence is, as the name suggests, an independent music and arts festival which is taking place in Mitchellstown, County Cork, August 1st to 3rd. The bill features Public Enemy, White Lies, Tom O'Dell and many, many more. There is also comedy, spoken word, craft beer halls, silent disco, family camping, and lots more besides. Three-day camping or one-day tickets for just 49 euro are available from tickets.ie or visit independencefestival.com for all the other details. Next, we have a story of a small town and its rather grim annual tradition. This is Dave Rudden with his story, When Badly Comes. Before badly comes, the town is cleaned. The clocks are wound until they pop in eagerness to tell the time. The toy sub soldiers painted blue, the dollies primped and laid in line. The ivies glossed, the trees are combed, the dogs are styled sharp after kings. We look under our porches and chase out all of the spindly things. And that night, the children dream. The children dream such tidy dreams. At sunrise, we all rush out to line the town's long vertebrae, and in his hall, the mayor sits and practices what he plans to say, and there are no weeds, and there is no dirt, and our town is beautiful, and none of us dare to speak. There's just this air of festival, and under that, but rising sharp, there is the merry taste of hell. At midday stroke, the shadows bend, ripping sideways at the scene. We check the faces of our sons to make sure that they are clean. And from Portcullis dark, he steps. A spot of ink under the sun. A grinning man, bereft of tan, a goose egg pale and rotund. Dressed in spats and shirt and tie, cloth is squeeze around his neck and for a while he fusses, pats away the sulphur of his trek. The children, push and pull and strain to see the dark from where he stepped. And we hold fast and grin and laugh. Kids are curious, can't be helped. You see, we do not speak of the time when a child broke free from a parent's hand and ran towards her Sir Badley to see on what new ground she'd stand in only for Badley's speed and the snap of his bone white cane that caught the girl across the face to spin her back the way she came. The darkness would have boiled like tea and drowned us deep up to the eyes and sank us down through death and blood to where our friend Badly resides. 
But ever since, and as it is, they know their place and where to stand, and badly grips and the mayor gasps at the coldness of his hand. Children are brought to the front to be arrayed in a beaming line, and badly hums and badly haws and badly clucks and takes his time. That one's too fat, he'd declare. He'd eat me out of house and home. This one's too thin, pats a cheek. What would I do with skin and bone? This one's too tall. This one's too small. Oh, Lord, below, this one's too slow. We and the children laughed. This is, of course, part of the show. Cain held tight in salmon hands, badly skips up and down the line. Children are lifted, examined, dismissed, all missing some secret sign. This one has loved. Well, that's no good. I cannot see her bear the strain. This one has loved three times before, and now he'll never love again. This one has hope. Can't have that. He'd stick halfway down my craw. He turns a head this way and that, runs a finger down a jaw. But then he twirls a neat two-step, near lifts off into the sky, his manic head thrown back to laugh, his cane brought up to point at my... to point at my... She's a small thing, the girl by my knee. Her skin and eyes she gets from ma'am, but her long red hair she gets from me. She's a quiet child, but she likes to sing. And I would keep her safe from everything. He, he asks so little. Just one a year. And in return, we feel no fear. Our prosperity here is renowned. We want for nothing in this town. And she's quiet. And she's strange. And badly smile becomes deranged. His teeth are shards of glass in blood. His face is flushed. His eye is good. She was never right for us. Difficult birth. Hard to trust. Her left eye wanders when she's tired. She should burn. In Badley's fires. Yes. And yes. And I agree. And Badley nods just once to me. His head hangs low across his chest. We know the truth. His way is best. Does, does he remember? He must. I know. We sent him down there long ago. He stood here as a child before a badly dark and wild, picked him up and brought him down, fed to the belly of our town. And it's too late, his hands in hers, and underfoot the darkness purrs, the smell of brimstone drives us back, her smile is dreamy, her limbs are slack. I, I push for breath, but naught comes out. Her name's no longer for my mouth. Taken away from me by the black, my daughter's never coming back. But she does. She does return after a single decade's turn. And when she does, it spats and cane, a smile half friendly half insane. When badly comes, the town is cleaned. The boys are scrubbed. The girls are preened. Our eyes don't meet. She gives no sign, stalking, smiling up the line. Kids are checked from toe to teeth. And Miss Badly takes them down beneath.
Thank you. Dave Rudin is currently working on his debut book, The Borrowed Dark. With so many of us living and working abroad these days, the question of national identity comes into sharper focus. Do we hold on to it tighter or do we loosen our grip? Or is the very idea of it simply redundant these days? Jareth Regan is an Irish comedian living in London and recently he's been thinking a lot about this. Uh, it's again another thing that Shane and I uh, share uh, and uh, Neil very soon is living away from home and that sense of trying to remember who you are in the face of all this change. Uh, so I wrote a, a piece again for the paper, uh, about 10 questions that I like to ask myself in, at any point that I find myself questioning my nationality. They say that nothing reminds you of how Irish you are more than leaving home. I moved to London from Dublin this time last year, and for the first six months, I never felt more Irish. But then something terrible started to happen. Have you ever doubted whether you were Irish at all? I know I have. But it was only after moving to live in London. Occasionally, when I'd find myself tearing up watching a Disney movie, enjoying the humour of Bruce Forsyth, <laughs> considering buying a sweater vest, or agreeing with something that Judge Judy had said, I'd have to slap myself across the face in the fashion of a corner man at a boxing match. Like a lot of you, I grew up in Ireland in the 1980s and 90s, and just as our parents used to tell us of the hardships that built their character and sense of nationalistic pride, the time has come for us to do the same. Being raised in Ireland during the 1980s or 90s is a world away from the frappuccino-swilling, Netflix-browsing, dog-grooming life of luxury that this current crop of kids will be raised on. Sure, there's less cash in the country now, but there's more than one place to buy clothes. <laughs> they, they can go and see a movie and see that movie the day it comes out in the modern world. <laughs> we couldn't even watch the most up-to-date episode of Home and Away. A trawler ship that had traveled all the way from Sydney, Australia would arrive in Dublin port at 6 p.m. every evening with a VHS cassette. <laughs> that was two months out of date. A member of the armed forces would take the tape by guard escort to the national broadcaster where it would be transmitted for the young people of Ireland who had just been forced to eat Angel's Delight as dessert or punishment. It's Look, it's remembering these shared hardships as much as any language and Fionn McCool that gives me my sense of nationhood. I know I'm Irish because I can remember a time when an after-eight mint chocolate was considered a delicacy. <laughs> when Forty Coats was simultaneously the best show on children's television and the most terrifying show on television. When uh, the RTE player was just the man who scored the most ladies in Raleighville Telefisheren. Way to go on fucking that up, Jar. Good man. Brackets, Derek Davis. Uh, whenever I feel myself losing touch with the modern Ireland or struggling to identify with something that is now considered to be Irish or identifying with something overly sentimental on the telly, I like to remind myself of these things. But how can you dredge up these memories without the aid of alcohol, a pipe or a rocking chair? Here's a few key questions I ask myself anytime I feel a moment of weakness coming on. Number one, have you ever looked at the back of a box of tablets while asking aloud, 
Can you drink on these? <laughs> Number two, have you ever referred to someone as a whore without meaning anything bad by it? <laughs> Do you have a childhood memory of enjoying a picnic from the boot of a car on the side of a road? <laughs> Are you familiar with the sensation of being thirsty for tea, but not water? <laughs> Do you know what a good mass is? Have you ever reassured a severely sunburned person that it will go brown? <laughs> Do you consider crisps a legitimate sandwich filling? <laughs> Have you at any point entered into a discussion over the merits of King versus Tato? <laughs> Do you remember when a smoothie was just somebody who was quite confident and good with the ladies? <laughs> and number 10 is one of your abiding childhood memories, sitting in a pub waiting to go home. I would advise you, if you're listening to this, to print out those questions on a cue card, stick a picture of Derek Dra Davis or Mr. Tato on the back, laminate it, carry it with you at all times, and the next time you feel yourself accepting a compliment without batting it away with a phrase such as, Asher, what else would I be doing? Or... <laughs> or preparing to wash your car simply because it's Sunday. Whip... <laughs> Whip the card out from your pocket, hold it close to your face, and ask yourself each question out loud while double-checking that you can honestly answer yes to all of them. Then resume doubting yourself and playing down your achievements like a true Irish person abroad should. Thank you very much, everybody. Have a good night. Jarlett's podcast, An Irish Man Abroad, is available from iTunes and SoundCloud. Check it out if you haven't already. And that's it for this week's show. Thanks to our guests, Jareth Regan, Dave Rudden, Tom Walsh, and Hosier. If you're enjoying the podcast, make sure to tell your friends, family, and or co-workers about it. Tell your enemies if you're not enjoying it. Help us reach as many people as possible. We'd really appreciate it. Thanks to our sponsors this week, Independence Festival and Dungarvan Brewing Company. If you've got a business and you'd like to sponsor the show, contact us on theweeklygm at gmail.com. The podcast this week was produced and hosted by Shane Langan and myself, Neil Conlon. A special thanks to Ross McCormick, Mike Donnelly, Rory Connolly and Niall Gaffney for their help with all the recording. We'll be back next week with episode number 14. We're not having an episode number 13 because it would be unlucky. Only joking, that would be weird and silly. We'll be back next week with number 13. Talk to you then. <laughs>